Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Merry Christmas and uh, a blessed new year. Second hour of Amplify, traditional program I do on this Sunday following Christmas. And um, spend the two hours telling stories that I have told in the past, Faith and Imagination, before the beginning of each Amplify program. I have more than a thousand such stories now, but I picked out all the ones that have to do with Jesus' birth. Um, what Mary and Joseph may have been saying to one another or, or what they were thinking. And why is that important? Because life is an opportunity for us to perform miracles with God. Do you believe you can perform miracles with God? When, like Mary and Joseph, we are called to do what we don't always understand or what we want to do, uh, to continue to love in the face of hatred, to share the pain and suffering of others, and to find joy in doing such things. So that's where faith and imagination comes in. We can see our lives sometimes through others, through the love they have for us. We see ourselves as in a spiritual mirror so that ultimately we can see ourselves as God sees us and how important that is in the world in which we live today to know that we truly are loved. And that's why, that's why the Heavenly Father sent His Son into the world so that we may become more aware of and feel and experience that love, that new life that God gives to us at every moment of our existence. It's there for our taking, for opening our heart, our mind, our soul to it. So that's why we tell stories of faith and imagination. The wind howled. And the noise from the streets below filtered into the small cave by the hillside. Mary and Joseph sat there. They were tired and worn. Mary looked down at her son. There was no happiness in her eyes. Tears gently flowed from them. Why? Why do you weep? Joseph asked. The pain and suffering are all over. We have a son I am a proud of, so very proud of. Mary looked at her husband and said, There were times, Joseph, when I carried this child 
that I questioned my faith. I knew the hardship that you suffered. Joseph nodded and said, I too question Mary, but look what you have brought into the world, a child, a special child. She gently wiped the tears from her face, but they continued to flow. Do not weep, Joseph said. Mary, please, do not weep. She said, Joseph, I am afraid. Afraid of what? It's all over. We have a warm place to stay now. It's away from the crowds, and I'm very grateful for this, for you were able to give birth in privacy. Yes, she said, the angels have provided for us. Joseph looked at Mary, and tears were beginning to form in his eyes. They held each other closely, and their tears mingled with one another as his face touched hers. He said, Let us ask the Father to give us strength and understanding. Mary responded, In our hearts we shall pray, Joseph. No, Joseph replied, Let us speak it out. To whom? Mary asked, To the world, Joseph answered. Mary began to smile and laugh. Joseph, she said, there are, only there are only animals here and our son. Joseph said, You know the angel that appeared to me when you were pregnant? I'd like to think that it was my mind that I did not actually see it. Mary looked at him and said, When the angel appeared to me, I wanted to say it's a dream. But I accept it. And I don't know why I accepted it. And when I felt life in my womb, O oh Joseph, he is special. He is special. Their laughter and tears mingled with one another's. The child stirred and cried out, and they laughed harder. It was a beautiful scene. Joseph took Mary's hand and said, Father, we have accepted your will, but we know not what to do. You have given us a child. He is special. He must be. But how do we raise this child? What are we to tell him? I am a carpenter, and my wife comes from a very poor family. Why were we chosen? Who are we? Again, what are we to do? Shall we leave this child at a rich man's door? Mary gasped for breath. Oh, Joseph, do not ask this. If they answer, have faith, Joseph said. Have faith. And then in the doorway there appeared two shepherds. One was old, the other was young. The older one came forward and said, A child is born. I have come to give the child my love. The young boy said, Grandfather, the star, is, is this? Yes, he answered, it must be. Joseph and Mary looked at one another. Mary slowly got up and put her arms around the young boy and said, All God's children are special. We must have faith. We must have faith. The story behind it was there was a young shepherd named Joshua. He was an orphan. Some considered him a misfit because he dragged his leg behind him, was blind in one eye, 
had crooked lips that formed a grotesque-looking smile. He heard about a child born in the cave and about the light that came from the cave. He knew in his heart that he had to go and see this child. Joshua went to another shepherd and requested, Please watch my flock for me, because I must visit a child who has been born in a cave. The old shepherd just laughed and said, You will frighten the child. Even my sheep are afraid of you. The young shepherd was not discouraged, however, by the old shepherd's words. He just cleared his throat, looked with his good eye at the old shepherd, and asked, Have I not been kind to you and watched your sheep whenever you ask me? Now I'm asking you to watch over mine. The old shepherd was dumbstruck by his insistence and could not deny his request. The young shepherd made his way toward the city, hobbling the entire way with the help of a wooden staff. When he reached the noisy city, he was stopped by an old man begging for alms. The young shepherd said to him, I have nothing, no coins to give you. I only have a crust of bread that I will share with you. The old man eagerly grabbed the crust of bread and said, You have been kind to me, and now I shall give a gift to you. The young shepherd tried not to laugh and replied, What do you have to give to me, my friend? You are a poor beggar, and the only thing I had to give to you was a crust of bread. I shared it with you, and you ate it quickly. So what riches do you have to give to me? The old man looked deeply into the young boy's eyes and said, Come, follow me. I shall take you to see something you shall remember your entire life. He guided the young boy through the noisy city to a silent cave where a man and woman named Mary and Joseph sat warming themselves near a small fire. In a trough nearby, a baby was fast asleep. Mary was startled when they entered. She looked up and said, Come, you are welcome to share the warmth of our fire. The young boy tried to hide his face, but reached out to him with loving hands and said, Do not hide yourself from me. He replied, But I am ugly. She shook her head and said, I see only a child. The young shepherd said, I have been drawn here to see your baby. Mary said, He is asleep now. Go ahead and touch him, but do not awaken him because it is not time yet for him to be fed. While the young boy looked at the shepherd, tears began to form in his eyes and then slowly rolled down his face. The old beggar smiled at Mary and Joseph and said to the young shepherd, It is now time for us to go. Mary said, Do you not wish to warm yourselves a little longer by the fire? No, the old beggar answered, I must go, and so too must you, young man, so too must you. It is written, in, and it is said, that many years passed. Jesus was now preaching and healing the sick when an old man came to him. He was blind in one eye. His mouth was twisted in a strange smile. He carried a staff to help him walk as he dragged his leg behind him. Jesus walked over to him and placed his hand on his shoulder and said, You are still a shepherd, 
and once again you have come to visit me. Tears began to fall gently down the old man's cheeks. When he looked into Jesus' eyes, he began to weep and then to weep even more. He fell upon his knees and said, It is you, it is you, it is you. Jesus replied, Yes, it is I, old man, it is I. You came with love in your heart to visit me at my birth, and you have come once again. Jesus helped him to his feet and said, Give me your staff so that I may use it. Now go, because it is time for you to leave. No longer did the old shepherd need the staff, and no longer was his mouth crooked. No longer was he blind in one eye. He left with tears in his eyes. Jesus lovingly kept the staff for years to come. It helped him to walk the path of life. It is further written and said that when they crucified Jesus, there was a very, very old man who cried out, You have crucified the healer. You have crucified the Son of God. What have we done? And what did we do to deserve the Son of Man's coming to us? In his heart, the very old former shepherd heard a voice which he recognized as that of the old beggar he had met many years ago at the city gates. The voice said, You gave me a crust of bread, and we, the angels of heaven, have given to the world the gift of eternal life from the Creator through His only Son. A story of faith and imagination. Mary looked at her son with, with great love. Even though she was tired and worn and the journey they would soon have to make would be long, she feared not only for her own safety but also for that of her husband and especially her newborn child. She quietly prayed in the night, O oh, Father, I have given a son to the world. An angel appeared to me and told me I would. I neither believed nor doubted him. Joseph, my husband, is a good man. I know he has been given to me to help me raise this child, your child, my child according to your will. But I ask you to keep us safe on our journey. And I ask you for the knowledge I need to raise my child, for I am unschooled, a peasant, and young. Help me to guide this innocent soul. Then sleep overcame Mary as she cuddled next to her son, not yet two weeks old. In a dream, she saw many angels singing praises to God. They reminded her of leaves blowing in a gentle breeze, and their song sounded like a gentle breeze blowing through the trees. And then out of the midst came an angel who said to her, Fear not, for I have been with you from the very beginning of your life upon earth. I was there when the angel appeared to you. 
and I was there when you gave birth to your son. I will also be with you until the end of your life. Fear not, woman, for you are special. People will remember the birth of your son until the end of time. It will be told by word of mouth and by written word. My child, sleep. When you awake, you will have tears in your eyes. But be happy now, and do not let them fall upon your child, for the time will come for you to weep, and then your tears will fall upon his body. Be strengthened in the knowledge that you will be loved by many. Yes, you will be denied by a few, but loved by so many more. Your radiance will be seen all over the world like the sun which rises in the morning. You will give peace and comfort like the stars in the night, which shall form a crown shiny and bright upon your head. You will light the path for those who have fallen into darkness and fallen away from his words. Your son shall be filled with great wisdom. He will be inspired and given great blessings. Yes, woman, do not let your tears fall on him until the prescribed time when they wash his body clean and place him in a tomb. You and your friends will weep, but weep for the sins of man, not for his soul. O oh, my child, O oh, my child, truly you are blessed. Again I tell you, a star shall appear like a crown upon your head, and beams of light will shine forth from your hands onto the earth. Your heart will weep for the sins of man. They will call you blessed and mother. They will call you Mary, the queen of both the heavens and the earth. So we've been reflecting on the nativity scene and describe who the people are and what is happening. But what if that had not happened yet as it did 2,000 years ago? How would you respond to news that the Son of God was just born on earth as one of us, that he has come because he wants to tell us and show us how much God loves each of us and he wants us to know how important it is to share his love with others as the influence and power of evil spreads over the world. Yes, in so many ways, Jesus continues to be born in our world through love this day. Again, welcome back to uh, Amplify. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. May the blessings that God sends to you be felt by you be understood by you, and used well by you. This evening we've been reflecting on the stories of Jesus' birth through the eyes of Joseph and Mary in a process we call faith and imagination. Two shepherds who had returned from visiting with Jesus huddled close to the 
warmth from a fire. The one who was older and wiser said to the younger one, When I saw the child, I was filled with awe. But I know it is natural to feel that way when one sees a, a newborn child. The young shepherd listened intensely, thinking for every child is truly a gift from our Creator. As the older man spoke and then said, I too went to see the child, and I gave him the woven cloak my mother had given to me. I didn't want to part with it, but a part of me said to give it to him, for it would be needed when they would have to travel. She, the mother, looked so tired and so worn. He, the father, didn't seem to be totally happy, and yet I couldn't read him. I couldn't understand him. Perhaps he was frightened about something, tired from the journey, or this was a new experience for him. I didn't ask if this was their first child, but I presumed it was. The old, wise shepherd replied, yes, it was their first you are not one to part with anything, and so I am surprised that you gave your cloak away. You were right, the young shepherd responded, but I wanted to share something. I wanted to share even though I have so very little. Did you notice how bright the star was? The wise shepherd answered, yes, that is what drew me there. Even with a noisy crowd, you could hear the sound of angels, the sound of comfort and love. I remember a time when I was young, and I was supposed to go to the fields to care for the sheep. My mother seemed to hold me for such a long time. She said to me, You will be alone out there, but remember that I shall keep you in my thoughts and in my prayers. Do not be frightened, but be understanding, for those whom you care for are precious indeed. Then the old shepherd looked at the young shepherd and said, That child is precious to the world. I do not understand why, but I feel it in my heart. The young shepherd said, I hope my cloak brings him comfort. How I wish I could be his brother and walk with him and teach him all I know. What is it that you feel in your heart? Can you look at the scene of Christ's birth with an open heart and understand it then even better? Tiny angel stood at a distance watching the other angels hover over the Christ child. And in a wee tiny voice, she asked the angel of light, Why was he born? To die? The angel hushed the tiny angel and said, Ask not. But why not? Because the child is hungry and cries. The mother was heard to hum a made-up song to her newborn, even though she was tired and worn. Hush, my child, she sang, for you were born of love. Be silent and sleep a peaceful sleep, for you are loved. You are loved. 
Loved, the little angel replied. But how, since you were born to die? Hush, the older angel said again, reprimanding the little angel, or I shall banish you from this scene. The little angel turned to the heavenly father, who said with a gentle smile, All men are born to die. The why? asked the little angel again. Why don't they live forever? The heavenly angel asked that question more than once. The heavenly father just shook his head and said, Do you not understand that they must gain eternal life with us by helping others, by giving, by loving, by caring, like we do? The little angel asked. In a way, answered the father, in a way. But why must he die? The little angel asked. Isn't he your son? And why was he born in a manger? The father looked at this persistent angel and said, Little one, come closer, and I shall explain to you that where a person is born or where he lives, no matter the color of his skin or the language he speaks, he still belongs to us. Do not judge him or anyone. The heavens will judge man not by where he resides, only his soul, only the life he has lived. The little angel moved away from the father and went to the son and gently kissed him as he laid in his mother's arms. The little angel placed his head on the Christ child's head and said, We are one. He stayed with his child, the son of the father. As the years did pass, he still questioned, Why was he to die? It is a question that we ourselves know the answer to and hopefully can reflect on it. Mary held the memory of Jesus in her arms as she did when he was born. As a mother, she needed to do this because her son was dead now and she could hold him in her heart alone and in no other way. She tried to drown from her ears the cries of the crowd that had screamed for his crucifixion. With the remembered cries of a hungry child wanting to be fed. But she wasn't very successful. The cry she had released as she gave birth to her son seemed lost somewhere among the shouts she heard as she stood beneath his cross. Not ready to give him back yet, certainly not in this manner. In birth, he had been covered with her blood. In death, covered with his. In both birth and death, her tears had washed blood from his body. Who could ever imagine, she thought, that love would lead him to a cross, that love would be nailed to a cross? Today was his birthday, and she wondered if she would live to see 
his next birthday, or if anyone would remember him or what he taught by then. Love had caused her son's death, and love would soon cause hers, she believed, for she could feel her heart breaking so much did she want to be with him again. So we must continue to celebrate Christmas, for we still have not learned all of its lessons of love, have we? Christmas is not a fantasy as it's being made out to be in so many ways these days. It's that one time of the year when we don't have to pretend that we're someone or something we're not. The light from the Christmas star reveals that we're all handicapped, all imperfect in one way or another, and we're in need of love. We're in need of God. And so Christmas is a time to draw on the strength of those who have known and loved us, for finding the good that often seems hidden by the bad. And so one of the most reassuring truths in life is that perfection isn't a necessary requirement for loving. Let me say it again. Perfection is not a necessary requirement for loving. Love exists in the lives of ordinary, imperfect people like us. If we really want to understand the real meaning, we will understand that we are gifts that God has given to us. And so we have heard the story of Christmas so often that it might have lost its meaning and a appeal to us, and we find that only in the secular aspects of Christmas. That happens when we lose its sense of mystery and its sense of the sacred. Think about it. A virgin, a virgin gives birth to a child. God becomes man. You may wonder why all the fuss. You know, we've celebrated this before how many times. And yet I'm sure that there are many mysterious and sacred stories in your own life, perhaps even of someone's birth that could be told by mothers and fathers among us, or brothers and sisters. We've had a time to prepare for Jesus' birth. How well have you done that? Do you believe it's really over? Could the birth of any child that you love be over after a day? Unfortunately, life doesn't always give us the time we need to prepare for all that happens to us and all that happens around us. And so Jesus comes to us not with great commotion, but in, in silence, not with a display of divine power, but with the gentleness of a newborn child, as do most people who come to us to give us the gift of their love. The great truths 
in life need to be repeated over and over again. There's always something more to learn about them and from them. We, there isn't any truth that we will fully understand until we reach our eternal reward. There are some things in life you cannot hear often enough. What is the truth of Christmas? Christmas proclaims that Jesus, that God, the Heavenly Father, that the Spirit is still with us and still loves us. What do you hold in your heart and mind that motivates you? What motivates the way in which you choose to live your life? Hasn't love made a difference in your life more than once? And so Jesus came to tell us, to teach us the truth about God and about ourselves, to show us how much we are loved by God in the hope that we will open our hearts and minds to that love. But where should you look for him? Where do you look for God in your life? Look at the Christmas story. It's filled with ordinary people like us. So don't be surprised if you find him in weakness, in silence, in gentleness. Society wants us to believe there's something wrong with you if you cannot overcome every problem by yourself. But the Scripture's approach is different. It proclaims, stay calm, God is with you. Or specifically, and we see it many times, it certainly was in the life of those we've been thinking about this evening, Mary and Joseph, who were told by an angel, be not afraid. Be not afraid. There are signs of hope around us in life's most difficult moments if we are willing to, to look for them. Those who possess love are rich. The wonderful and irresistible power of love is the ultimate gift in life. Those who don't possess love are poor. Love can't be bought, although sometimes we would like to think it can be. Cannot be taken forcibly. It has to be received freely and given the same way. It is truly a freely given, precious gift because all true love comes ultimately from God and is an intimate participation in God's divine life. And so receive that sacred gift each day of your life and receive it with gratitude. Understand how important your family is and why it is God has placed you where he has. Because there is a real sense that what happened 2,000 years ago is still unfolding. Yes, what happened 2,000 years ago is still happening. 2,000 years is but a 
a blip in time in our universe estimated to be billions or more years old as we learn more and more about this world that has been given to us in which we live. God is still becoming man to the degree to which we open our hearts, our minds, and our souls to receive him within us and then dare to live as he teaches us and inspires us from within that part of our being, from that part within our heart and our soul. Jesus is born again within us. And that happens each time we give and receive love. And yes, it seems too good to be true. Let me ask you, do you want your heart to become one with the heart of Christ? With whose hearts have you become one? Is God one of them? Is Jesus one of them? It has been said that at Christmas time, God reveals his full power to us. There is a sense in which we can say he comes to caress us, comes to hold us in his arms, much as he was held in the arms of Jesus, or he was held in the arms of Mary and Joseph and in the arms of his mother. Would you embrace Jesus if he wanted you to hold him? The Christmas trees and lights and the nativity scene are symbols of God's love and symbol of God's hope. But they invite us to make room in our heart, to make room in our life, to make room for God. Do you have room there for God? And so as we approach the new year, 2021, and we're happy to leave 2020 behind us and believe that we can hope that life will be different when the pandemic is under our control and life goes back to normal. Do we really want it to go back to normal when we believe that we can make room in our heart and in our life for God? And so we can live with hope when we look at Jesus in the crib and understand why God has come to us, to you, to me personally. Christmas, then, is a special opportunity to open our hearts more deeply to God's love and also to God's life. Don't forget, then, how precious life is and how powerful love is. Tell someone now that you love him or her. Pray for peace as if it depended on you alone. And come back next Sunday and amplify with us.